Merry Christmas, and welcome back to Blood and Black Rum Podcast's Festivus Series for 2021. It's been a tough year, and that's why we're bringing you all of your Christmas favorite films. Things like Black Xmas from 2006, we did all the other ones, Home Alone, a holiday staple, Christmas Evil, because you can't get enough Evil Santas, and finally Better Watch Out, because it's free and it's on Netflix. We hope you tune in all season long for these festive Yuletide goodies. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Run Podcast. I'm Ryan from Coldsploitation.com. And I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? Ah, we're doing well, and we are back for our holiday season, starting the Festivus series. As many listeners know, we do this pretty much every year. I don't think we did it the first year. I don't think we, we actually subtitled it Festivus series, but it's been a running tradition ever since the second year or so. And we come back again, like Halloween, for a weekly uh, look at some Christmas movies. And Christmas time. Absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. We should just have like in the background the, the Charlie Brown like Christmas time. <laughs> just running constantly just, yeah, throughout the this. whole episode. That or you know, I, I, I much prefer the South Park Critter Christmas version of it. It's just like Christmas time is once a year. Cause it's Christmas time. Comes once a year. It's Christmas time. <laughs> Once a year, just over, that's, that's <laughs> just over and over again. That wouldn't get annoying or anything. No one. I would. I I would listen to it. I, I think it would be Docile. fun to just have like Carol of the Bells going on, like the the, the sheer intensity of Carol of the Bells <laughs> throughout the entire thing. Just like, and actually, it would be really kind of fun too if you just marginally increase the volume throughout the episode. <laughs> <laughs> just keep, like by the end of the episode, it- the choir is just drowning you out. Is it going to be like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra version of it? So you get that, you know, metal guitar. Which, that's like the one down thing about not having cable anymore, is that, you know, once they... You don't see the, the commercial. Yeah. Yep. Coming to the Times Union Center. Trans-Siberian Orchestra is coming soon to the Times Union Center. Soon to be renamed. What is it? Uh, the uh, It's like MVP Healthcare Center or something like that now. It's is literally it a Tim and Eric thing that come to life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's getting renamed and I I don't maybe it's 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 something like I don't know if it's MVP. It's it's a it's definitely healthcare. It's getting renamed like the something center. The you do, uh, say you, you know that the the Bills stadium this year and going forward is also like something stupid like that, like high, yep. high mark health stadium. Yep. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's MVP. I think it's like MVP center. Something like that, and I was like, "That's just what I want my all my health insurance deductibles going towards." I know that's I'm right. buying the, a fucking. You know, I said the I said the, I said the same damn thing when they renamed the Ralph. They're like it's not New Air Field anymore. It's which no one ever fucking called to begin with. It's still Ralph Wilson Stadium. No, 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 no. Highmark Health. No, fuck you. Pretty clear. We're paying you way too much if you have the the spend down Mon- to just go money and just lying around, throw like- it on an amphitheater for no reason. <laughs> Football stadium, like buy our MVP hot dogs. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Can Can you even find MVP on like the Obamacare market? It's probably too rich for most people's blood. No, I do think they have like a MVP essentials or something like that, like a tiered plan but yeah no it's it's this 
disgusting. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know how we got off on that tangent from well, yeah, Christmas listen. time. But <laughs> but Merry Christmas. Hopefully you don't have any high deductible bills coming up. And oh, I'm I'm looking. I'm looking at our our episode list right now. We did not do a Festivus year one. We just did I didn't think so. A tradition like no other, Black Christmas and Silent Night Deadly Night. Yeah, that was when we were in like the the early days where we weren't really, you know, we didn't do anything super special. Now we look, we go we go all out. We we you know, we well, we used to do weekly anyway back then, but now we we go weekly. We go hard. And that means that we exhaust some of our Christmas movies like really fast because we do four or five a year, and then you like run out of Christmas movies really quickly. But well, luckily there's an inordinate amount of fucking Christmas. That films. is true. We'll we'll never run out of Christmas films. They may not be the classics. They may just be the Hallmark movies, the Lifetime movies. But we'll never run out. There's probably like 300 Hallmark movies that come out a year. So we'll never run out of those. It'll just be the the Hallmark Rum Podcast. I can't wait for that breakdown. <laughs> um, so just a, an FYI too, you'll notice that there's no Silent Night, Deadly Night on this year's film list. And that's because we don't have any more. Finally drained that cow. They're, they're, they're gone. We're out. Gone. For now. No more of those. Yeah, for now. We might be getting... Like, they actually, I do think that they are doing another Silent Night, Deadly Night remake um, in the near future. So we might be getting another one of those at some point. But for now, that's over. You can go and revisit our Christmas seasons in past. The Ghosts of Christmas Past where we covered all the Silent Night, Deadly Nights. Where really the only worthwhile ones were the first two. I, you know, to be honest with you, I can't even remember the plots of the... After the third one. All I really know is that number five had like that robot. Like the toy robot thing. Wasn't the third one where they like went on a road trip? Uh, I don't know. Like the third one, she was in like um, an asylum or something. And there was a TV. I remember a TV of some sort. I don't know. It wasn't very Christmassy either. And And I don't. Oh, yeah. And then the fourth and fifth ones have no Santa. Then the fifth one have uh. Ron Howard's brother in it. Clint Howard, yeah. yeah. But that's not new. Clint Howard shows up in every <laughs> low-budget 90s movie that went straight to video. All right, but enough about <laughs> go- Ghosts of Christmas Past. We're doing Ghosts of Christmas Present. No, no, no. Well, I guess it's, it's today it's still the past. <laughs> we've, we've already had another remake that we've done before we've done this one. I know we kind of did that in, in an interesting fashion. We did the the first Black Christmas all the way back in year one. We had a good time with it. And I actually would kind of like to revisit that and maybe do a commentary for that at some point. I think that would be a fun time. Um, but then last year we did the the newer Black Christmas, the 2019 one, uh, which we had meant to do the year before and didn't get a chance to um, due to the birth of my kids. So we are kind of went out of order. But this year we're doing – the 2006 uh, film starring Lacey Chabert. I'm going to say it. Starring Lacey <laughs> Chabert. Because in my eyes, there is no... You know what? I'll, I'll take that back. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is here, and she she's a close second here. But Lace, starring Lacey Chabert, I'll say. Um, in the, in, in the, the remake, and I guess in the more traditional sense of remake from 
um, you know, the 2019 version, uh, it's it's Black Christmas from 2006, or sometimes stylized Black Xmas. I was gonna say, how dare you? How well, I don't you? really it's know where that stylization came from because if you watch the movie, the it's movie's title card, which is terribly chintzy, by the way, <laughs> that is like someone put that together in PowerPoint and threw is it up it, there as a title I think, card. I think it's because on the poster, the poster says Black Xmas. Yeah, I guess so. Wikipedia one. Yeah. It's just a stylization that it got at, at some point. I mean, the title but card also, doesn't. I was say also. It's the mid two thousands, so it's extreme. Well, not only that, but you, it's the, because it's the mid two thousands. You also had to have an unrated version that has like one minute extra footage of like, you know, some guy throwing some more ketchup on the on the body. Because <laughs> this one did get an unrated cut and a and a regular theatrical cut, which you always always had with two thousand. Even I, I, sometimes I feel like with those movies too. Like they released the theatrical cut, that's what they had, and then someone went back and they were like, "You, you know, this is going to get a DVD release, so we need something else. Like we need to promote this in some way." And they're like, "Yeah, like just you know, well, I guess we'll sh- we still got some leftover blood. We still got like that dummy. Like shoot another scene and throw it in there, and then call it unrated." Wow, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's with Ewan McGregor. Oh, that's just good catch, lady. Good catch. <laughs> He's a handsome man that makes sense right because they were they started in fargo together yeah oh he was in fargo the third season oh i haven't watched still i still gotta watch the vaunted first season Mm. that you were telling me about how billy bob's got a great you know (laughs) so had you seen black christmas before no no, never. Well, mm. again, I didn't even know, like, like going back to, like, the when we first did the original, I had no fucking clue what you were talking about. I had seen it once before. Um, this was quite a, quite a number of years back, probably, like, 2008. I definitely didn't see it when it first came out. But maybe around 2008 or so, I checked it out. Um, and I didn't really – I really couldn't remember much about it at all. Um, I remember – that I liked the the lighting, and I think that still holds true, which we'll talk about. Um, but other than that, it was a pretty – like I, I had just forgotten it and never really checked back in with it uh, throughout you know the rest of the Christmases. If I'm going to watch a Black Christmas, it's generally going to be the original um, because Bob Clark created two masterpieces, both Christmas movies, Black Christmas and A Christmas Story. How come TBS doesn't have like on uh, – because they run uh, Christmas yeah, Story Christmas 24-7 on Christmas. Yeah, how come on TNT they don't have Black Christmas running 24-7? They really should. They should have it like competing. You know, compete for views. Like, all right. On Which TBS, one? on Turner Broadcasting Station, you get a Christmas story. On Turner – I mean, Tennessee Nashville Network, whatever the hell – I can't remember what the hell <laughs> – TNT, TNN, whatever the hell it stands for, and just put fucking Black Christmas on. <laughs> yeah, they should. Should have them compete and see who gets the better, the the more uh, views. And if they were like me, they'd swap back and forth. I'd have them, have them both on at some point. All right, let's take a break real quick and talk about the beer that we have on the show. 
It's a holiday themed beer too. And we made we made sure to to include that for this episode and and subsequent episodes. We actually were we're kind of prepared in the future too because we don't normally get prepared for beers um in the future like in advance we we normally just get them the week of, but in this case Martin was a little ahead of the game and he uh he got both for for this episode and the next episode. So I don't know if you 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 can start because you're you're the purchaser here. Yeah, I had to take out a second mortgage. Yeah. These beers. <laughs> um, that's a joke because I'm a renter. Um, <laughs> um, no. So as you, <clears throat> excuse me, as probably people know, if you listen to the podcast, uh, winter, at least for me, is one of my least favorite seasons of beer. Because usually what you get is just a terrible amalgamation of overly alcoholic stouts that kind of lose the plot. And then uh, old ales, which are, you know, filled with, you know, dry fruits and nuts and such. Like, you know, that nice plum raisin taste that your great aunt likes to have. Mm-hmm. But... When there are good winter beers, and they do come along every now and then. As Sam Adams was so kind, which we don't have on the podcast, but they were so kind for like the first time in five years to bring back Old Fezziwig. Unfortunately, it's only in their variety pack. You know, I don't know why they can't just make that their seasonal, because the winter lager is garbage. There's nothing, you know, but that's besides the point. So... A beer, a brewery, I should say, that we have on the podcast constantly because it's local, based out of Cooperstown, uh, Buriyama Gang, which does delightful Belgian-style beers and also does, you know, their own variations of Nipahs. They have a nice seasonal out now called Everything Nice, which is a, thankfully, a Belgian-style instead of a Nipah, uh, Belgian-style strong golden ale with holiday Seasonal spices added to it. And my God, this is a delight. I love this beer. It's like everything I could have wanted from a nice Belgian beer from them. With the holiday flair. You get a nice coriander, a nice spice, a caramel taste to it too, which I don't know how they kind of got that into it. Like a, a strong golden Belgian golden ale, but it's delightful. It's warming with a nice 9% ABV. You do get like an alcoholic taste, which I'm never that big of a fan of, but it does pair well with all the seasonal spices in this beer to make it you feel warm. Nutmeg, cinnamon, coriander, as I said before, you know, a little bit of caramel. This is delightful. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Everything Nice is a really good beer. Um, it is – it's kind of like a Duval. Um, yes. It, it yes. has a very strong clove. Yep. Taste to it. Um, and what this really – when I first had it, it spoke to me. I was like, whoa, that is a, an overwhelming um, flavor of like orange and coriander and cl- and clove. And it really reminded me of the Christmas tradition. I, and I don't know if you've ever – you ever really did this and it wasn't really a tradition for me either. But I know and I have done it before is taking like an orange, a clementine and putting cloves in it. And it really reminded me of like – that image thrown into a beer. Um, it is a Christmas thing. I don't really know where it comes from. Um, but 
that's really what I, f- I feel like I get a lot out of from Everything Nice, and I like it a lot. I think it's a really interesting beer. It has a lot of um, of nuance to it and, f- and definitely lots of flavor um, within this that you kind of pick out as you as you continue to drink it. Um, it's a nice, strong beer um, at 8%. It's, it's definitely um, got an alcohol kick to it, but not overwhelming. And I think that this is really a a big success from Amagang, and it really harkens back to their Belgian roots, um, something that has been kind of like going off the rails a little bit lately for the the brewery. And I'm not saying that I don't enjoy what Amagang has been putting out because as we've been covering them on the show, it's it's probably pretty clear that I do like what they're putting out um, with their IPAs and collaborations, but they're getting away from their Belgian roots quite a bit, and I think this brings it back nicely as a as a beer. For the seasonal, for a specialty um, option from the from the brewery that's not part of their like Amagang series, um, I think it's a, a really big success, and it just shows that they do the Belgian style very very well, and and that's why they've really made it so big because of their uniqueness and and ability to bring Belgian flavors to you know American beer. Is it just me, or am I the only one kind of getting like a car- like a little bit of caramel sweetness at the front? Mm. I don't get a ton of caramel sweetness, but it's. I mean, I guess it's it's certainly possible that you're getting that from like the sweeter, um, the sweeter notes of the the herbal spices. Um, it's coming off as very caramelly. Mm. Yeah. It's just an interesting beer all around, and I think it, it, you know, the more you drink it, the more the flavor kind of comes out, and you're surprised by some of the things that you're experiencing within it in the palate. But I definitely recommend it for it's, uh, like twelve. It was, I think it was only like thirteen ninety nine for a four pack. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so very reasonable. You know, um, very good. So if you get it in your area, try it. Um, Absolutely. Especially Especially if you like, you know, Belgian strong, you know, Belgian, you know, golden strong ales, you know, very good. Before we go on to the movie, I just got to say, we have a official review that came in um, of the podcast. And all I want to say is the review went simply as this. Um, A friend of mine at work said... That he needs something to listen to. He's getting tired of listening to that Joe Rogan guy. And then as he went to listen to our podcast, he nearly got into a car accident in his new pickup truck and then said, fuck this. I'm going back to Rogan. <laughs> so. And then later, it made an addendum to his statement and said, it's not the podcast. It's just Martin. Just me. So. Listeners, just let. Just know. See, I, I can understand don't, that. Don't you, hold Ryan at fault. Yeah, I can understand why he would go back to Rogan because we're 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 just so on the opposite spectrum. You, you're like getting too much of it, and you're like, I can't take it. I can't. I got to go back to my my man child. <laughs> we're way too mature over here on Blood and Black Rum podcast. So, God bless Tim Heidecker and what he's doing right now. Really, really going hard, mocking it. Doing doing the Lord's work. <laughs> we're not uh, we're not good enough to do that sort of thing to to just go full ham and mock 
Joe Rogan. And also, you know what? I don't I've never listened to Joe Rogan, so I really don't even have a frame of reference to be able to try to pull it off. I mean, I've listened, but like to bits. I have never listened to a whole like three and a half hour Joe Rogan podcast. That's mm. no. That sounds so intolerable to, intolerable to me. I, I think the only reason why he has like as many listens as he does is people put it on his white noise in the background as they're like, you know, fucking cleaning their ho- homes and apartments and need something, you know, to take up the space in their apartment and might be like, oh, yeah, he's kind of got a point there. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's a that's good. Have you done DMT before? <laughs> <clears throat> All right, let's get into Black Xmas. There you go. You got. You know what? We'll just that breaks it like a streak of you getting titles wrong every time. We went the entire. It's so creepy. It's Carpenter with you fucking up every title. Well, that's the thing, though. I don't. Uh, I don't consider Black Christmas the wrong title for this movie. Um, however, it just is easier to say Black Xmas so that it's not confusing which one we're talking about. And that may be the ultimate reason why it now gets referred to as Black Xmas is because. Well, do you want to really have to say it's Black Christmas, but without John Saxon? Yeah. <laughs> it's longer, harder to say, and will break hearts. Like, That's oh, true. Is, jo- is John we- Saxon? Nope. Fuck. Yeah. Without the the one without John Saxon, so it's just not worth watching. All right, so. Black Christmas, I will start off by saying that despite what I'm going to talk about on the show and the flaws in the movie, I still somewhat enjoyed Black Xmas. Um, it has like this weird – I don't know. It has this this weird thing about it that it's like it's not a good movie and there, we'll talk about lots of the things that come up that are flawed and, and – um, that either take away from the impact of the movie or um, just don't hit sit right with like the, the remake um, element to it at the same time though, I still got to say that I did enjoy it for what it was. And I just want to put that out there right off the bat because I don't want it to sound like we're just naming off things that we didn't like. And then I come back and say like, Oh yeah, but you know, Here's my rating on this, and it's actually fairly high. I did, I do enjoy Black Christmas to some extent, but I think there's a difference between enjoying a movie by just you know watching it once and actually noting the problems that plague the film, so that it's not like a rewatchable film. It's not one that you want to return to over and over again, and you're recognizing the inherent flaws in the filmmaking process for it. Um, so I'll just throw that out there right now. Um, so. I say before you dig too deep. Here's a question I have for you. We're actually very procedural when it comes to films. If we watch a film one year, if it's got a sequel or some lingering, you know, off into the ether in the franchise, we're usually pretty quick to hop on it. Yeah. Why have we not hopped on the Black Xmas? Yeah, I don't like, really know. It, like, because again, it's been like as you said, it's almost been like a decade since it's been over a decade since like you probably last watched it. Yeah, I don't know. So, never... so what? Well, I say like so. What was your? Re- Sorry to interrupt. But I was to say like so. What was your reservations then on like you know going back to it? I don't know if I really had any reservations to be honest with you. It's just not one that I returned to, and I guess probably part of that is because I'd only seen it one time a long time ago, and 
you know, I don't know what it was that turned me off on it. Maybe it's the fact that it doesn't um, adhere super well to the original or that it, it um, you know, it, it kind of stems off of the original in ways that we didn't ask for. Um, I don't know exactly why I've, I've not come back to it, but it, it just it's one of those movies that you just don't really think about. Um, you said Lacey Chabert stars this film. That's true. So why did you not come back? For, well, did you not, did you not want to? That's because I don't have the heart on that you do for Lacey Chabert. And I can see her anytime for free on Hallmark because they're pretty much out of their, what, 12 hours or 12 uh, movies that they show each day. During the the season eight. of Christmas, I mean, Lacey Chabert is in at least eight of them. I was going to say eight or nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can see her anytime on the Hallmark Channel. I don't need to tune in. Or if I'm if I'm, I really need to get my fix for Lacey during Christmas, and it doesn't, and I don't want it to be a romance, then I'm going Mean Girls. Because then I get all the holidays. I get Halloween. I get Christmas. I get uh, what's that? What's the day? What day is they ask you? You know what? No, no. I'm not even gonna not even gonna answer it. <laughs> you claim to be such a fan of Mean Girls. It's been a while since I've seen it, to be honest and with you. I, I always forget the day. God. The two were seen. It's uh can, no can it's uh it's uh September third. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I honestly can't remember. That right there. We're never doing on, you know what? <laughs> we were going to do it on the podcast for like our 200th episode, which is coming soon. Nope. I know. You ruined it. Way to go. Tim Meadows is very upset with you right now. <laughs> All right. I'll start by saying this. So, Black Christmas. Um, so, w- one thing that I liked about it right off the bat is I really do like the atmosphere that it creates with the Christmas decorations with the snow, even though it is very, very apparent that the snow on the ground is fucking fake as hell, uh, which is pretty prevalent in most uh, movies that are shot for Christmas time that are shot in like California that they have to make fake snow. So it's not like black Christmas is the only offender here. And I think we've talked about this before. The Santa Claus is another really big offender of Tim Allen going out without boots on in his bare feet for 15 to 20 minutes in the snow. If you're living in anywhere in the, you know, the snowy part of the United States, you're, you're going to have some cold feet there. You're going to be yipping and yapping to get back inside. Listen, we know this film really wasn't set in new England because we mm. know from watching urban legend that they say slickers and I didn't hear slicker mentioned. once. <laughs> yeah. Or they don't, they don't put on any galoshes either. So, but so I will say that right off the bat, I do really like the atmosphere of the Christmas element. They did a really good job with the set design of the house for Christmas, um, really manufacturing the lighting, um, the red and green elements of it. And what I it's it's honestly kind of interesting to me that this film has not gotten like a major release because it would probably do pretty well as a 4k HDR movie because of all of the color, it's like the fucking Suspiria of 2000 remake horror films. Um, at the same time though, it does have that sawish, sawish green tint to it. That's- yeah. But I think like the, the green tint is at least a little bit more defined in that it's, it's like a Christmassy green. It's like a, no, I, it's not I, a pukey green. It's like a foresty green. It's like, no, I, I you're understand. surrounded by glowing evergreens. 
No, I, I understand, but at the same time, like, I think overall the lighting. I like the idea, but I don't know. Maybe it's just from, I don't know, either Voodoo, which is where we watch the film, or uh, maybe it's my po- piss pole. Well, I didn't watch it on Voodoo, my pi- too, so I will I mean, say not, that, not, too. Not, 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 not Voodoo, Tubby, or whatever the hell. <laughs> 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 I, th- I believe it's pronounced Tubi. Oh. <laughs> but, but that would be pretty funny, though, if it's just Tubby. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you watching there? Oh, Tubby. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty funny, though. I think it's Tubi, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, got, we got so many of these goddamn uh, yeah. uh, streaming platforms now. Half them have the same shit on it, which is ridiculous. Which, by the way... Got a nice email from Netflix today yeah, saying you're getting charged the tax now. Getting sales tax on God damn it, Cuomo! Oh, he's out of. Never mind. Um, yep, got that too. But no, I mean, yeah, Tubi, Tubby, whatever. Who the fuck cares? Um, so I don't know if it was like just from streaming it or um, my not great monitor for my computer. I don't know, but it kind of for me the it's. Seemed a little too dark and muted at some points. Yeah, well, like I said, yeah, I, I didn't watch it on Tubi or Voodoo. I watched it, I watched like a Blu-ray rip of it um, because I don't own this one. And I don't know that it really got a, ma- a major release at all. Um, but uh, I did not notice the darkness of it too much. Like you were saying, I don't, you know, I don't know if there was just some like conflicting things with the app or, or whatever, but I didn't notice the darkness too much. Um it's just it I mean it is a darker movie because it's playing off of those Christmas decorations and those lights which I I will say is is definitely an apparent ode to Bob Clark's original and a lot of the movie is an ode to Bob Clark for sure. Glenn Morgan is actually the director and writer. He's actually a he well, I should say he was. He was a friend of Bob Clark's and did get Bob Clark's permission and and um, actually, Bob Clark has a producing credit on this movie. So there was some some integration with Bob Clark here. Uh, so Black Christmas, you know, especially with remakes, you kind of have the fans saying, like, why are you remaking it? What's the reason for it? But at least it did have Bob Clark's, um, you know, permission to go ahead and do this. And it does seem like Glenn Morgan is attempting at pretty much every turn to give ode to Bob Clark here. Um, from the Christmas lights, like the design of it, the very kind of – dark and muted colors which is not really something that you see contemporary contemporaneously now um most of the time you get like super bright leds that's like that's the kind of like the christmas decorations that we have now but back in the 70s and 80s you had those very you had those what c9s or whatever that were super dim they were basically like yellow lights painted with colors and they they tended to because of the painting they tended to be much darker and more muted colors and that is kind of what defines the original black christmas is that you know it has a very very yeah it's very (laughs) dark yeah but you can see i i when i say it was dark i don't mean like you know like i i mean it was hard to see what was going on Mm -hmm. sometimes and sometimes you know uh, you can shoot a film to be dark and shadowy but at the same time you can see what the hell's going on that that was my complaint. Is that at some points when they were crawling around the house, and you know, especially when the power went out, it was hard to kind of see some of what was going on. Like I said, is it because of the transfer to be my monitor? I don't know. 
I'm not going to give the film that much flack over it, but I do think with the the parts where they did use as you you know the Christmas lights and stuff, that was a very good idea. Worked well. Um, looked great. I think though some of the aesthetic, as you know, I was talking to you before we went on, little little two, the two thousands are not looking that great anymore. You know those Christmas lights are kind of ghastly looking at them now. <laughs> yeah, the a little, little garish. The um, <laughs> my wife pointed out because she was watching the movie with me. She pointed out that you know everybody in the two thousands was going business casual. You know, well, not only that, the, you know, like Lacey and Co. They're all wearing like you know that your stereotypical like sweater shirt that cuts way down into EU. Yep. You know. Yep. The women are wearing like almost like work blouses at times. Low rise jeans. Yep. It's, just... it's it's yeah it's you know it doesn't do this the film any service to to, to be looking so dated and maybe maybe we'll look back in a few years and be like oh wow you know we have the same nostalgia for that as you know the 70s films do now but at at right now we're so close to 2006 and so far and yet so far and it it doesn't age it hasn't aged well in the looks department for sure I think um, the one that that suffers the most is the, um, Crystal Lowe, who plays um, Lauren, who's like the drunk. She's got like the very, very stereotypical like two thousands. Yes, she pin does. Straight hair. hair. Yes, she does. Yeah. The, the low rise pajama pants. Yeah, the, like I said, the shirt that's literally like a U down to like you know her cleavage. Yeah, everything. No, wow. I'm I'm happy that you remember her name because outside of like Lacey Chabert. I, I looked it up. I'm, I'm on IMDb right now. And, no, and, that actually, say, that is and, one thing I, say, I wanted to bring and, up. And, and I would say, and Kristen Cloak is Lauren. I mean, as Lee, couldn't tell you what anyone else's name is because they they say it once, and if you yep. didn't catch it, that is one thing I wanted to bring up because this film is so. There's so many people in it. There's so many women in the film that it, it's it's too populated. And then they bring in Kristen Cloak, and it's like, fuck, we got another person coming. We, we don't need to bring more people into the house. We need to get them out of the house. <laughs> get, get them out of the house. Get, get them dead. Um, as, as for for such a populated movie, there's they're so unmemorable. Like, again, that, like yeah. they they say their name once, and it's like, did you catch that? No. Okay, well, fuck you. That's that's completely true. I and and the the funny thing is, if you look at the trivia for this movie. Um, which you would never even catch while watching this movie. Um, all of the, the women have like classic sixties and seventies, um, named like, like pop stars, rock stars. They have their names. So like Katie Cassidy's character is Kelly Presley. So Elvis Presley, you've got, um, uh, Oliver oh, Hudson's oh. is Kyle Autry. So Gene Autry. Wow. Hold on a second. Kelly Presley is so so impactful of a character. They made a fucking her own Wikipedia page. <laughs> I guess so. She has her own whole detailed Wikipedia page. <laughs> Blow! Wow. Well, is it is it a, is it Wikipedia or is it like a wiki? No, no, wiki? no, no it's a, no on the Wikipedia. If you go to the wow. OP, Black Xmas Wikipedia page, and then you got Katie Cassidy as Kelly Presley, you can click on Kelly Presley, and it leads you to a page to. That's just unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> well, then then you've got – so Claire's 
name, her last name is Crosby. Did he mean Bing? Or did he mean of Crosby, Stills, and Nash? What's the intention there? Which Crosby? But I, so, but I guess what I'm getting at though is that the characters are so unmemorable that like, how would you even like? I didn't even know. First of all, I didn't even know Katie Cassidy's actual name in the movie, let alone her last name was Presley. No, I. It's just yeah. totally lost on you. Um, that and when they, I well, let's say when I say I know, knew Lacey Chabert's name, I didn't know. I'm like, I'm like, I know her. Like, like <laughs> her and Mary Elizabeth Winston, like the two. I'm like, I know who you two are. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I guess that is a a very big issue with Black Christmas is that it's so populated. There's so many characters, so many women in it that none of them have any identity whatsoever. Um, they're all taken. It's all taken away by the fact that you cannot possibly meet all of them and know about them. And so, even with the film very, very intentionally showing us um, Megan's laptop, where it's showing her having sex with Kyle who is Kelly's boyfriend, I didn't even know what the fuck I'm looking at. Like, who is that guy? He looks like stereotypical white plastic model. I don't know who it is. Is that Kyle? I can't tell. I don't know, but that looks like the, the worst, like, porn to watch. Like, oh, dude, when you watch it, I'm just watching a guy wrapped up in a blanket kind of dry hump a lady. Yeah, who doesn't look super into it. No one looks into it. It's like, oh, yeah. The guy just it. keeps staring at the camera. Yeah. That's really like what I like to get off to is a, another man looking me in the eyes while I'm watching porn. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If you're into that, you're into that. I am not. There's a, there's probably a market for it. It's just not me. Well, you're an R-rated film already. Just go full bore and be like, all right, here, you know. Yeah. Then it it does have a bit of it does have some nudity in it. You know, Crystal Lowe bears all in the the bathroom scene. Um, and then Karen Conaval, who does not pass for a young mother <laughs> at any point in the movie. I was, you know, because I was th- like, she, that's a big part of the movie is the context of Billy. Billy being born. Billy going through the, the years of his life. Um, you start out with Billy being born and he's a jaundiced motherfucker. And I really like how even in like the 70s, like. I don't really think that someone was like, he's jaundiced? Well, fuck that kid. He's 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 fucked up for life now. He's just going to be yellow forever. He's going to be a Simpsons character in life. <laughs> like, jaundiced, get him a little sunlight, throw him in the window. He'll be okay. I like how the film treats jaundice as like this, like condition as like never, you're never going to go away. <clears throat> Sorry to tell you, he's got the hep and it ain't ever going away. <laughs> yeah, but... The the whole th- I guess the whole which I, which 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 I, I I don't understand like what what the fuck was the point of all of that all yeah. of like all of the Billy stuff is like just redundant yeah I think that's the problem here is that this is something that no one asked for no one watched Black Christmas the original and was like you know what I wonder what happened in Billy's life because what made Bi- what made Billy Billy because Billy himself is not even really a character in Black Christmas. He is just a thing. It's almost, you know, it's kind of like how what Michael Myers was in the original Halloweens. He is a thing that haunts. And Billy is not the main point of Black Christmas at all. It's about the agency of the women in the house, the lack of help that they receive, 
and a lot about abortion, honestly, and not so much about Billy. So for this remake to go, you know what? What are our main concerns from the original movie? Like, what happened to Billy? It's just a weird thing to center on because you cannot contextualize a serial killer and make it um, interesting. And I think we've seen that again and again. You know, you've got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which did a, a film about Leatherface, tried to actually give him a backstory. Like, no one cares. It doesn't come out well. And that's because the idea behind these killers is that they don't have a backstory. It doesn't matter. Um, because that just it, – it takes away from their uh, – the scariness of them. They're not simply evil or monsters anymore to, to terrorize. They have a backstory. Many times it doesn't really make much sense. Um, they don't provide a good understanding of the character enough to the point where you're like, ah, okay. You know, that makes perfect sense. And now I see the original movie in a different light. I think that's really an issue with this Black Christmas because it spends an exorbitant amount of time running through Billy's life and none of it has any meaning whatsoever. No, it doesn't make you either sympathize with him or like give any like grain of, you know, detail to you that makes you go, oh, that's, you know, profound. Why? Well, yeah, I mean, because again, because again, the, the horror element in the original is, again, as we have said, or at least I have said a billion times on the podcast, leaving it up to the person's imagination is always going to be scarier than what, you know, you can ever possibly show. Less is more in a horror film. You know, that's why, like, the most memorable slasher films that we've ever seen are not the ones that are gory. They're the ones that, you know, the suspense leads up to the kill and then we don't get to see Leaves our imagination to run wild. It's part of the original Black Christmas's appeal. Is the fact that we we don't know why Billy's crazy. We don't know why Billy's harassing these you know girls in the sorority house. Why he's doing what he's doing. But he's doing it, and we get to watch the events unfold here. Like again, like oh, we got to see it. You know, Billy's mom's a drunk, and she gives birth to a jaundiced child, and now. He's, you know, outcast, but the father still loves him. And then, you know, they, her boy, new boyfriend, they killed, you know, the father. And then he's crawling around the house like a, like a rat. And then, you know, and then, like, you know, she wants to have a new kid, but she can't have a kid because her boyfriend's, you know, drunk and has impotence. So she's going to fuck, you know, she fucks Billy and then gives birth to another child, which, you know, again. It's like the 30, 30 minutes of this film that are unnecessary. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that the idea behind um, all of the Billy context, it doesn't – it just doesn't really jive. Like so Billy's mother doesn't like him because he has jaundice, doesn't feel like he's their son. Then everything just revolves around cr Christmas too. Like, none of the scenes contextually that we see are, like, Billy out throwing the old pigskin and his mom getting <laughs> up, uh, upset at him during the summer. It's like everything is surrounded by Christmas. So, like, is the rest of the time, like, perfectly fine? It's just Christmas that's the issue? It just doesn't – you know, it just doesn't make much sense. It's – it's the context of it just is not necessary for the movie. We don't need all of it and – it doesn't add anything to Billy's character 
We still just know that he's crazy. And now we have a reason behind it that his mom treated him poorly and, you know, obviously raped him as well. But it doesn't really add that much value to the character. Um, the only thing that it does is present th- an, an understanding of the phone call messages from the original Black Christmas because you can actually they, – they do it word for word. I don't know how much you remember the phone calls from the original, but there's one particular moment during the, the lewd phone call where he basically mocks his parents and he's like, you know, what your mother and I must know is – and that's like always been a line that kind of sticks out because it's a very like – like think about the syntax of that that line. It's weird, right? It's like, you know, it's not a a phrase that most people would say normally. So that comes up in this movie as well. And it's his stepfather that says that because they're looking for his sister Agnes or, well, I guess I should say daughter Agnes. And um, it kind of gives some understanding or explanation of why Billy says those things in the original film. However, again, this is something that no one was ever asking. Like, I want a little explanation for why Billy says these things in the original Black Christmas. It's just not like it's not anything needed. It takes away, actually, from the original movie's intention because in that one, there are lewd phone calls. You don't know what's going on. They are one of the most um, scary parts of that movie because they are just so demented. And now we have a very, very literal explanation of why he says them. And it it's just not – I don't know. It's not effective um, in, in trying to give any more information about the original movie. I, I would rather they didn't even try to do that. I know that they were trying to get a lot, a lot of influences into this movie. Um, they they have pretty much anywhere you look, there's influence. There's like Bob Clark Christmas Story leg lamp in here and there's um, like a reference to Bob Clark himself. The, the asylum is called Clark Asylum. Um, it's like literally like hold on, loaded. Hold on. Hold on. Sanatorium. Mm. Get it right. Get it right. Sorry. Yes. Sanatorium. They made sure to use the proper nomenclature that we love in our <laughs> horror films abound. How do you know it's a, good, a shitty place to go for if you're mentally uh, ruined? Call it a sanatorium. But the film is just so loaded down with references to Black Christmas, A Christmas Story, other movies like almost like ripping off hostile with all of the ice sequences. Um, you know, it just, it doesn't really feel like it has its own, um, I don't know, like its own voice. I should say, I think the one thing that I did like about what it does do is some of the cinematography though. And Going back to the to the seventies does have its distinctive flair. I think it they with the cinematography wise they did a good job with the setting and capturing that element. And like I said, the lighting. But other than that, I really do feel like all of the scenes where we go back in time are just totally unnecessary and just um, attempt to explain things that didn't need to be explained. I agree. Do you think that the they're they're, they're, they're kind of they're pretty bothersome? <laughs> do you think that the reason that they did this is because they needed a different scenario? They needed to 
to change it up a little bit from the original. So it couldn't just be Billy at this point. So they needed to have Agnes here as well. And then with Agnes, they were like, well, how does Agnes get here? We have to have a story for Agnes. So they made all of that up to just get to that point. Probably. I mean, like the, that's kind of like the big twist of this film. It's not It's not just Billy. His daughter slash sister Agnes is also involved. So they're going for that, you know, that scream twist where it's not just, you know, it's not just Billy doing the killings. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, because outside, like, if they if they took that out, this would be a 50-minute film. And it would just be a gorier, just a gorier version of, you know, remake of the original. So I think they probably felt like they had to do something to kind of stretch the runtime out. And that's kind of how I view why they did it. I don't think it was out of, like, this deep desire of trying to understand the psyche of Billy. I think it's just they did it like, well, we need to pad this film out. Otherwise, we're going to have a fucking 40-minute film. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one thing that you, you can say about Black Christmas is that it's gory. It certainly takes the film to the next level, um, especially branching off of, like, the 70s and 80 slasher films it, it it definitely goes harder it has a more torture porn aspect to it uh what did you think about all of the the kills and the gore in this one um there's a lot um some are good some are bad um if you're looking for just a splatter house film this would be your film to watch um nothing really too creative uh nothing really to say Excuse me. The effects, I wouldn't say, are that great. But they're also not bad. Um, a lot of ketchupy blood wipes and a lot of, like, stere- you know, uh, stereotypical, like, you know, noises. And <laughs> just, Squelching. Yeah, just, you know, very stereotypical sound effects. Um, so, I mean, it's not, like, extraordinary in that aspect, but I think the commitment to just slaughtering everyone in sight... Is again, if you're a gore hound and the the effect that you just want to see everyone die except you know the the main girl, you're gonna get that in spades. But I don't think anything that it does in that aspect is above average. I think it's overall just mediocre. But again, it's probably the most entertaining part of this film. Yeah, it definitely has like the hostile torture porn element to it, where it seems like they really wanted to. Um, they really wanted to increase the gore effects. And at the same time, um, it seems like that's like one of the only reasons to come to this movie, um, to, is to see the gore. You know, I think that a lot of it too is kind of samey. They, they return back to this eye motif over and over again to the point where it's really feels like you're being hit over the head with this eye motif. It's like, you know, yes, we get it. Agnes lost her eye and... So they're going and and removing eyes from everybody. And then you, there's a portrait on the wall and, oh, guess what? Where do they have to, to, to punch through the wall? The eye. It's, you know, it's, it, it's almost comical how many times they get eye motifs in here. Um, a really good movie has a motif like that where if you're not paying attention, you, you wouldn't even notice it, right? You, it's, it doesn't blast you over the head with this is the motif. 
That's what you really are shooting for. You're not shooting for the the point where the viewer goes, oh my fucking God, there's another eye in the background. Like so, <laughs> something's going to happen with that eye. Um, that's when you know you've taken it a little too far. Um, and I think that's where Black Christmas goes. It's, it, it, you know, it, it, like I said, there's the references and the motifs. They're just so heavy handed that it becomes tiring. Um, and I think once you get to the end of the movie, this movie and we talked about the the elements of going back in time with the history stuff. But um, if we didn't cut that and we just kept the film at like a nice brisk hour and 15 minutes where the film ends once they leave the house, I think that would have been enough to really push this over the edge and be like, yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. And I might return to it uh, for Christmas because it, you know, like the, the feelings that it gives, the, the festivities of it. But the film really stretches itself thin, even at like only 86 minutes long, because it goes that extra 15 minutes of after they leave the house and go to the hospital. It wants that Halloween 2 element as well. And it's just overkill at this point. Of course, the killers have to not be dead. Of course, they are coming in again to the hospital to finish what they started. It's all very, um, rope. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 something that's been done to death. And I feel like if this film had just given up the ghost, really settled on, we're gonna do a very fair, you know, seventy-five minute movie, brisk. Um, I think that would have been even more. Um, effective than what we get because it feels like this movie goes on and on and I was surprised when I looked at the the runtime after I finished it <laughs> and, and it was oh. yeah it was like 86 minutes long I was like I swear to god we're going on like an hour and 50 minutes at this point <laughs> evil dies tonight <laughs> I mean it just it just feels so long at the end and I don't know if that's because of the you know there's like an expectation as you're the viewer that, you know, all right, we've reached the end. We're, we're out of the house now. That's it. That's going to be the end. Um, but it, it feels overly long, even for its, it's fairly short running time. I don't know if you I, felt the same way, but I, it just no, felt interminable at the end. No, I agree. But at the same time, the way the film was set up, it wasn't going to end after they got out of the house. Mm -hmm. You know, you could tell they were still, trying to do more i think if they spent more time kind of i'm not saying like they had to go great lengths but kind of slightly developing some of the people within the sorority house that way like you know we actually kind of have a feeling for who they are you know you'd be fine with it ending at the house and then going from there um because you're right the ending does when especially when they get to the hospital just feels interminable like it's just like when's it gonna end just end just please end can you can you end please i mean you know that like that way at least like you know if you spent a little bit more time even though it's not going to be that great or that in depth you at least get a little bit of characterization of the people you know who are in the film because honestly the most characterized person in this film is probably Lee Colvin Kristen uh cloak and she's in the film for a third she shows up like halfway through the film she probably has the greatest characterization out of everyone in this film 
And everyone else is just, like you said, players, pawns to be just, you know, sent off to the slaughter. And if that's the kind of slasher film that you're looking for, and that's all you kind of want is just, you know, to watch a murderous bastard kind of just go right for it, this will be your film then. Yeah. Alright, well, we talked at length about what we didn't like. You haven't really said what you did like. What what else did you like about this movie, if anything? <clears throat> huh, what did I like? I did, like I said, I did like I did like the fact that it it did, even though I was saying it was kind of dull and pedantic, I did like the fact that Billy kind of just fucking plows ass and kills everyone in this film. That is an enjoy one of the more enjoyable factors of this film. It's just like watching him kind of send everyone off to the meat grinder, whether it be by uni- you know iced unicorn or garbage bag. Um, thought Shirley Walker's score was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace. Even yeah. though if probably not her best work it's no batman animated series or superman animated <laughs> series but you know which is what you should know her from is you should know her as the true superman theme the superman animated series theme um good score and i think the good you know good use of christmas music and at appropriate points i think um Yeah, that's probably about it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I mean, the score is pretty good, and it makes use of like holiday jingles and um, you know more bombastic, like symphonic elements. You know, I think it it works pretty well. Um, I like that they brought Andrea Martin back here as Mrs. Mac, um, to kind of like you know because she was she was from the original Black Christmas. Where's Margot Kidder? Yeah, Margot Kidder didn't want to be involved, apparently. <laughs> She's like, no, thank you. <laughs> and apparently, John, I don't know, did anybody approach John Saxon? Probably not. He should have been approached. They should have gotten him in here somewhere. They don't even really get the police in here at all. The only thing... the only Which, time- which, by, which by the way, dumb. Oh, we're in this little village of a town. It'll take two hours for the cops to get here. Yeah, I know. They got to travel on a highway to get there uh, through the snow. It was like... And then wasn't not only even that, that but, wasn't even that bad out. Like these people don't even know what a real fucking winter is. Are you kidding me? Like, well, oh, it's, it's and not too, only that, but it's, it's going to take the cops two hours to get hours there. To get the- but they're going to try to drive to Boston. I don't no. know where they are, but so, somewhere in like Connecticut. I think. Yeah, they're going to try to drive to Boston. I don't think so. It's just like a dumb idea. Like, oh no, like the cops will take them forever to get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, 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 so like, wait, 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 wait. So, like, where is this? You know, where is this? Like, sheriff or whoever? Like, where are they in location? You know, in relation? Right, they're they're to- not anywhere close to this college town. I mean, we're a small fucking town. We have our own trooper barracks, for God's sake, so because that's our police force in the area. Yeah, I, I find it hard to believe that there's no, no one around on like a college campus. The turnpike's just, just. I mean, again, I don't know how MCLA was, but Oswego, we had our own campus police. Yep, we did which, too. Yeah, so. Yeah, I find it hard to believe. <laughs> it's 2006, man. It's different. Oh, wait, po- no, that's that's when we were in school. Never mind. The police presence 
um, at this at this campus. Not good. Not good. Don't go there if you're looking for, you know, secure areas. <laughs> and you've got just, you know, Kyle bumming around. Like a low-rent fucking uh, Ryan Gosling. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? I'm, uh, Chris Pine running around. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. They, the film doesn't really even know what to do with him. I don't get so like what his what's his big crime? He has sex with ladies and then like he has them it filmed. Yeah, he films them and well, he was cheating on. Well, no, I know that, but was he putting it on the web or did somebody else put it on the web? Yeah, it's not if, really clear either. Yeah, because like, if, if if I say if somebody else was putting it on the web or whatever, that that's pretty progressive in like the whole revenge porn, you know. Yeah, thing. I feel like I feel like the revenge porn element is is um, this film's abortion topic. And it comes nowhere close to the progressiveness of Black Christmas, the original Black Christmas's abortion topic. Because in that film, that was taking a pretty controversial topic at the time. Still is. Yeah, and still is. (laughs) Of a lady's right to say, I don't want this baby anymore. And, um, you know, it was was basically, again, like I said, taking – into question the agency of of women and their their rights to make choices and it was a super progressive movie for the time and this movie is like yeah under, some, we put sex on the web but <laughs> I, 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 well, like I said I, I don't understand the point of it because like if that's like what's supposed to be like politically like this is the new abortion you have sex and you film it and you put it on the internet like yeah, I think that we, we needed more context here. Like, they, no, Megan just, looks upset, right? But is she upset because she's just like, I hope my friend doesn't find out about this? Or is well, she no. upset because it's well, been shared with everybody? Like, well, we not only that. No, no, no. It's not that she's upset with it. She has it on her fucking laptop for everyone to see. <laughs> yeah. He sees it. He's like walking around like, no, don't. I don't want you looking at her computer. That's an invasion of her privacy. Wink, yeah, but he, he didn't bother to fucking minimize it. Wait. He's been in the room for like 20 minutes. He's just like, uh, you know, admiring himself in the video. Yeah, I'm a good lover. Look at that. <laughs> Wrapped up in a blanket. Like She looks so <laughs> interested. But I mean, yeah, you know, you're right. It's like that whole bit is just like fucking pointless as shit. Now looking in hindsight, it's like, was Harvey Weinstein like, yeah, put that in there. What? Yeah, put that in there. Put yeah. that in put that in there. To to me it just doesn't and, really and that have voy- that voyeurism element. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't really have that much uh sway here. I don't it you know, as a theme it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and um it They didn't it's not exposited enough for you no. to gleam anything from. It's no. just like what the fuck oh okay, this is why what's his nuts is in this film? I really Cause, Cause honestly, it's not like he's in there as a red herring. There's no red herrings in this film. No, not really. They're they're very blatant about who's who's doing what. So, and I really, yeah, and, and not only that, but you know that there has to be two people. Like, you, yeah, like without a doubt, there has it. Some films can make it so that you know, like maybe there, maybe you're not sure if there's two people. But in this one, there's literally no way that they could be murdering in a car and then murdering. 
in the basement. It's just not possible to be in both places at once. So you, you know, all right, there's multiple killers in this movie. So it's not like it's trying to – or I don't know if, if it was trying to keep it from you that did a piss poor job. But yeah, you're right. This film has no red herrings. Um, one thing I do – think is pretty funny though is the constant voyeurism where um agnes is popping out tiles everywhere she's popping out tiles in the bathroom popping out she's got a fucking hole in the the pavement on the walkway she's got little little holes everywhere she's pushing out a little pinhole in the poster i'm like, telling you bruce bruce jenner saw this film he's like this is i'm gonna make my transition <laughs> i want to be agnes because the entire time Agnes is running around, running around it's like, hi! It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, that's former, a former Olympic gold medalist, Bruce Je- Caitlyn Jenner, I mean. like, Yeah, I don't uh, think that that is super effective either. No, it's fucking Agnes. weird. It's, it's, fucking it's so just not done well <laughs> at all, where she's like... Is it supposed to be Billy? Like, like at first I was kind of thinking, like, wait, maybe Billy's role-playing? Like he's you know he's Agnes Andy, and then it's like no oh no it's actually is Agnes you know yeah it's it's a pretty bad uh, playing of the character. I would rather like so there are times where you can have a male character play a female character and it's effective. Look at Pet Cemetery with the Which one the the original. Oh okay. Yeah, not the, not the with, better John with the sister one. with meningitis. That's an effective use of a man playing a woman. Black Christmas. No one's going to look at this movie and be like, "Wow, that was a award-winning portrayal." <laughs> that was a very nuanced <laughs> role from I think it's Dean Friss, who is actually I think is is mostly a cameraman camera operator and filled in here for Agnes. Um, not great. And, and to be, to be honest with you too, somewhat offensive, like even as an incest baby, like, come on, they can do better than that. <laughs> Again, which is like so fucking weird. Like, do you really need to see her, you know, fucking riding her drunk husband and then be like, Oh, he won't nut again. He's not not doing it for me. And then, like, go upstairs with her titties hanging out and be like, oh, there's my jaundiced son that I disowned. I mean, props to, uh, what's her name here that plays her? Um, props to uh, Karen Conoval for bearing all. I mean, I do give her credit. Um, but I, di- I did say during the movie, you know, maybe next time. Don't have a kid at 60. <laughs> you may not have these issues. <laughs> you know, and no offense to her. But I mean, in the openings, in the, those early moments where, you know, like you have Billy as a baby, like she did not look like a 20 to 30 year old mom. No, she looked like she drank too many fucking white Russians. Yeah. Which I get, she's supposed to be like an alcoholic. But again, like it's just so, it's. She just comes across. She's like, a rough 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because her, her husband's like looks like he's like 18, and she's like, come here. Come to mama. 
Yeah, you know what? The other thing is interesting about that. They bring up the Vietnam War. And like, but why? Like it makes, like they almost make it as like a thing. Like that's supposed to have some meaning. And then it never does. It just see like you know like it's it's almost like name dropping. It's like you know what we need in here, a reference yeah. to war. Yeah, <laughs> like other than that, like and you might think like oh well you know what war PTSD, you know there's some themes here, but no nothing ever comes of it. They just murder that guy. They got that from a Tales from the Crypt reference uh, mm-hmm. from the Tales from the Crypt and and all through the house, and and that's it. That's that's all that's all that we get about the war. Really feels like a wasted opportunity there. Could have at least, you know, done some PTSD stuff. Like I said, the whole the whole backstory bit is so just it's just overall a conundrum. It's like I d I don't understand why he's jaundiced. <laughs> I don't understand like any of the choices they made in that regard. Those those scenes later on in the hospital. Whoa. Oh, the yellow um, paint that they put on Billy. Whew. He looks like he looks like the Hulk. He looks. I don't know, man. He looks like he fucking was trying out for the Simpsons. It's really bad. It's it's not believable in the least. Um, he looks like a goddamn banana. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I did like. <laughs> I'm just like you know, like they could have been maybe gone a little bit, you know, more. Um, I don't know, a little more precise on the the yellow, instead no. of just literally throw them in like mustard powder. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> All right, we should probably rate Black Xmas. So, on a scale of one to ten, feelings of disappointment that Lacey Chabert is a smoker in this movie. No, no, that's that excites me. <laughs> Ooh. Which they they made sure, I don't know why. Speaking of, don't know why. They had her like they zoomed in on it. <laughs> yes, they did. Like, for four, no reason. Like three four, times like, they were like, like three, four different times they zoomed check in out on this her lady smoking. Zoomed in on her taking a drag, which I highly doubt was her taking a drag, because when they zoomed in, it looked like an old, like looked like an older lady's face. But all right, how about this? <laughs> Zero to ten, hail marys. Lacey Chabert had to say after performing in this movie. What would you give Black Christ- Black Xmas? Listen, don't you be making fun of poor Lacey. <laughs> all right. Christian Mingle paid well. Um, I give it a six. Um, it is a taxing film. It misses the plot of the original by quite a bit, and by the plot, I don't mean like it. I don't mean like the story. I mean like in the point of the film. But it is still kind of a fun, just slasher film. It's over the top, they kill everyone. It's mediocre, but that alone carries the film. If you're looking for like a good remake of the original, 
where you get like something more nuanced, like the original, you're not going to find it. This is what you would expect from a mid-2000s remake of a classic. It's just up the gore, up the body count. And they do. And I think in that aspect, it is fun. I don't think they bastardized the original enough to where it's offensive. I think some of the nuances they add in the backstory are... It's like a good idea, but I think they're kind of missing the point, and they don't really do what they're supposed to do. But I think, and I do agree with you in saying that the last third of the film drags on forever, but I do think it's a fun enough romp in what it does with the concept to where it is enjoyable. I wouldn't ever visit this again if I had to, but I I don't think it's a terribly made film. I give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to give it a six out of ten. Um, we've we've pretty much gone over a whole bunch of things that we didn't really love about this movie, um, and I stand by all of those things. It's I, we don't need the Billy context. Um, it's even too long at eighty seven minutes. Um, it 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 has a lot of problematic elements to it, and yet it is a fun movie to watch, especially for the holidays. You know, if you're looking for atmosphere, Christmas atmosphere, Christmas thrills, Black Christmas does it all, has gore. Uh, it, it adheres to the literal elements of the first movie. Um, so I, I, and I, you know, it has a, a fairly good looking cast as well. Um, a too many for sure, but, but, uh, you know, other than that, it's a fun movie. It's a fun slasher. It fits right at home in those, um, those, um, you know, remakes from the two thousands. And yet, I don't want to watch it anytime soon. <laughs> um, I really think that's because, you know, it's it's just it doesn't have a lot of staying power. It's it's not it's 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 like Martin said, it's taxing. Um, it goes on for too long. And I think that if it had been truncated a little bit, it probably would have been a pretty effective movie with a lot of references to Bob Clark films like, um, you know, a Christmas story and black Christmas. It gets it all in there. And, um, while it's a little bit overkill, I kind of like that. I kind of like all the references and just picking them out. But, um, ultimately it's just a little too long, uh, a little too generic at times. Um, it just doesn't have the staying power that it should, um, especially coming off of a very, very good movie like the original Black Christmas. All right. That's our coverage of Black Christmas. We've done them all now. Hallelujah. Yeah, we've got them all done. That's just another thing to cross off the list, and that means our list gets shorter. Then we then then that means we have to cover shit for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the next one in, in uh, Black Christmas. What's this next Black Christmas uh, bit? Shit. <laughs> shit. Well, that ends the Festivus series. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Until another year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We've got 
another episode in store for you next week. What are we doing next week? Next week, we are doing Better Watch Out. Better Watch Out released in 2018, I want to say. 2018 or 2017. I can't remember now. It could have even been 2019, I guess. 2016. 2016? Come on now. I feel like I just watched it. Not too long ago, but wow. Good goddamn. (laughs) Oh, no. It was 2017 for the U.S., I think that's probably when it hit Netflix, 2017, which makes which makes sense, I think. I think. Never heard, never heard of it. Well, I have watched it. I watched it one time. I watched it when it came out on Netflix. Um, I enjoyed it for what it is. Um, you'll see that it's kind of like, like a Home Alone. It's fun. I think we'll have a good time with it. At this point, every every Christmas film, I need Imogen Poots in it. <laughs> Imogen Poots or Bust? Just just because of the name, Imogen Poots. Absolutely. Well, we hope you tune in for the rest of our Festivus series. We've got a lot of good stuff on here. Next week is Better Watch Out. Uh, if you listen to our intro, you'll hear them all, hear everything that we're covering. Um, so... I think I think everybody's gonna have a fun time with it this year, and uh, hopefully you you stay with us and we'll be back weekly. So you get your Yuletide um, fun in every week from Blood and Black Rum Podcast. And if you want to tune in, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, our home base at Anchor.fm, Spotify. Pretty much any podcasting app that you can think of, we're on it. So subscribe to us. Leave us a nice review. Uh, We have a Facebook and a Twitter page. You can search for us on those. Blood and Black Rum Podcast. It's easy enough. You'll find us. Give us a like and a follow there. And we have an email address at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Write to us. Let us know what you want to hear us cover for films. And we'll keep that in mind. And then finally, you can donate to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We needs that monies for the beers. Well, they're expensive. That's right. And they just keep getting more expensive every year. All right. So next week, better watch out for the Festivus series. We hope you tune in. And as we always wish, continue to have a very Merry Christmas season. Take care. <laughs>